Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. like recruiting. I've never been really been a recruiting diehard. Um, so to be able to talk to J.C. Sherbert and really get in the nitty-gritty of recruiting and, you know, what's going on, who's a take, who isn't, like where guys are going is a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I know Gamecock fans, man, we're itching. We're itching to see the next blue chip 
prospect fall. And my guy Brendan points out, we just got two four-stars this month with Fuller and Johnson. Brendan, those players, when they committed, were three stars. That's all I'm saying. I understand what you're saying. They got bumped up, and that's fantastic. That's great. We have not gotten a blue-chip announcement where it was a four-star prospect throughout the entire process. We have not gotten that in quite a while. Am I wrong or am I right? And I'm not saying, obviously, I think Fuller and Johnson could be great players. I'm just making the point that the recruiting momentum has slowed. So it'll be interesting to see if they can pick it back up this weekend. I mean, I, I listen, at the end of the day, I trust Shane Beamer when it comes to recruiting. Bottom line, I trust Shane Beamer when it comes to recruiting. I trust he's going to get the dudes that South Carolina needs. But when it comes to this 2024 recruiting class, recruiting cycle, it's, it's been interesting. A lot of momentum up front. Hit a lull. And South Carolina's waiting on that next big blue chipper to fall. I stand by that statement. I understand that, again, Johnson, Fuller, both bumped up in the ratings. Those ratings matter now. I'm, I'm not only paying attention to it then. They're four-star guys now. I'm just saying that I stand by what I said. Glad to see him get bumped up. Glad to see them get bumped up. We think they'll be four stars when they sign Brendan, but they can get knocked down just as easily as they can get bumped up. The cock drop does exist. Okay, let's get into your questions. Again, I trust Shane Beamer with recruiting, guys. I, I don't have worries in recruiting. Um, you know, I, I, I think I, I will say this, though, when it comes to recruiting. I, I will say this. And there's a long way to go. South Carolina's class will, will, will rapidly change before we get to signing day. I don't think it was ever fair after the hot start. I don't think it was ever fair to expect South Carolina to have a top five recruiting class. Maybe not even top 10. But the good for good thing for Shane Beamer early on in this process, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to recruit at that level at this point. As long as he's hauling in top 20 classes, I think South Carolina is in a really, really good place. Because guess what, guys? You can win eight to nine games a year with top 20 classes. Heck, I think you can even scratch double-digit wins with top 20 classes. You're going to have to coach guys up, but you can win some ball games with that level of talent. And I think as you win more and as you build your program further, those classes are going to continue to get better and better and better and better. And so I, I don't put a a limiting belief on Shane Beamer that he can't get South Carolina to a point where they're recruiting at a top 10 level consistently. But that's going to take, I think, winning over a long period of time, say five, six, seven years. South Carolina is going to have to establish themselves as a program here to stay, as a program on the rise. That's why this season is so important. Because if you slip back to six wins and, kind of go back to being just back to old Carolina. It's going to be really tough to overcome that. I mean, we already know the Gamecocks are, are fighting battles in NIL, and I'm not going to dive into that, the specifics, but I think winning on the field is the best thing South Carolina can do right now to help the recruiting. I, I really do. Because they've got everything else. They've got the facilities. They've got a great head coach in Shane Beamer. They've got NIL. I mean, they, they have everything to offer a big-time prospect. 
it's just all about showing these guys that you're going to be able to come here, your talents will be showcased, you're going to play at the highest level, you're going to compete for championships. A lot of those top prospects, they want to go where the getting's good. The getting's good where you're winning. So I think winning on the field, that is the number one thing the Gamecocks can do to help out the recruiting right now. Having a good 2023 season, that is the best thing South Carolina can do to help their recruiting right now for this cycle and next as well. So, go find some joy, he says. Go get a clue, slapdick. <laughs> Brendan, that felt good. I haven't called somebody and specifically you a slapdick in quite some time. I have not called someone a slapdick in a while. Reset the count. Zero days. Zero days. Zero days. Anyways, let's get back into your questions. Lots of questions here. Jeff Gullich said, hey, Chris, Jeff with ESPN, can you talk to us about what you told your team during halftime? What adjustments you made to hold firm into zero points in the second half? Yeah, Jeff, you know, we just coached them up, looked at the film. No, that was funny, man. The sim tonight against Georgia will be very, very, very interesting. That is for sure. Um, Let's see. Austin Gregory had some issues with uh, Colin Anthony of the Mazodcast. We are Mizzou. Yo. Yeah, Austin Gregory was not thrilled with that. Um, Let's see. Austin Hicks said, this dude sounds like an idiot talking about the Mizzou guy. And the textbook said the Missouri game may not be an easy game, but it is time for South Carolina to win one against them. Guys, I fully expect that South Carolina is going to be the underdog in that Mizzou game. I, I, I fully expect it. I mean, think about it. Why would the Gamecocks be the favorite, realistically? Unless South Carolina has started 4-1. and one. I mean, how many games will they have played again? You'll have – you will have – that's week eight of the season, so you'll have played six games. So, I mean, unless you're 4-2, and two, which you very well could be. You very well could be. But, I mean, guys, Mizzou's opening slate is as manageable as it gets. If they're also 4-2 and two or 5-1 and – Missouri's going to be that favorite in that game. Four-game winning streak against South Carolina. And at home, the Gamecocks will be road underdogs. I feel fairly confident in saying that. Austin Hicks says, we've had a rough few years due to coaching, but Missouri and South Carolina aren't brother schools. We have the ability to be a top-tier team. They don't. See, Austin, I think what's really, really in Austin says South Carolina is a much bigger team. I think what's really, really fascinating, though, is to hear different perspectives. I think South Carolina is better set up to be a top-tier team, as you mentioned. But it's interesting to hear the differing perspectives because, you know, what happens is, and this is not just the Gamecocks fan base, it's every fan base out there. See, a lot of these fans put themselves in an echo chamber. And that's the people you see getting pissed off at me on social media. Those people specifically, they're in an echo chamber where they only hear things they want to hear. They only hear narratives they want to hear. They only hear the messaging they want to hear. And if it's anti-South Carolina, or not even anti-South Carolina, but if it's controversial, if it's critical, and that can be Auburn, that can be Alabama, that could be Georgia, that could be Tennessee, There's a 10% of every fan base that has themselves in that echo chamber. 
and they only want to hear things that are pro their school. But I enjoy hearing these other perspectives because what you realize is this. What you realize, if you sit down and you're honest with yourself, guys, there are some things that separate fan bases from others, but every fan base is the same. For the most part, every single SEC fan base, they have more similarities than people want to admit. Whether that be Gamecock and Tennessee fans, Missouri fans, Kentucky fans, there are similarities between every single fan base. Every single fan base has passion. They all love their team. They all believe their team's the best. They all feel like their team is the, the team on the up and up. Like So that's why it's, again, very interesting to hear the differing perspective. And I mentioned the echo chamber stuff because those in that 10%, they will not allow that conversation. What I'm saying right now, allowing different perspectives, it's a hater. You're being a hater because I, I get the conver- you know I get the questions of, you know, why would you talk to this person that has a a a, a critical opinion on South Carolina? Well, maybe it's just because I'm wired to do what I do, but I like hear the diff- hearing the differing perspectives because I think it gives you insight into, for example, you know, Georgia's on a different level, but Tennessee, Carolina, Missouri. Kentucky, hell, you could even say Florida. The fan bases of those teams all believe their team is going to have a big season. They all believe their team is the one on the up and up. They believe their team is the one on the rise. They believe their team is the one second best in the SEC. And they can't all be right. They can't all be right. So it's it's really neat. And that's why I asked him. I said, I hear from Gamecocks all the time. We should never lose to Mizzou. This is a game that South Carolina should win every year. What's the Missouri perspective? And I thought it was fascinating. I I, I really thought it was fascinating to hear him speak so honestly and bluntly on South Carolina. And guys, to be fair, to be fair, if the roles were reversed and South Carolina had beaten Mizzou four times in a row – Gamecock fans will be saying exactly what he's saying so or what he said. So I just think it's fascinating, honestly. I think it's fascinating. Back to the questions, Ethan said, my honest opinion is that Missouri and Texas have never been big enough brands for the SEC. Texas and Oklahoma are. I think Texas A&M, my friend, is a pretty damn big brand. I mean, Ethan, I think Texas A&M is a bigger brand than South Carolina. Would you disagree? I I. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on that. Um, Frank says, we are our record. Four straight losses. If you were on the other side, I have to imagine you would think you were the better team. Yeah, I mean, listen, right now going into this year, Eli Drinkwitz owns South Carolina. Missouri owns South Carolina. The Gamecocks can change that. There's no doubt. But anybody out there right now that's touting South Carolina as a better football team than Missouri – you're 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 just blinded by your garnet and black glasses because there's no football reasons to point out why South Carolina's better. I know the Gamecocks had a better record. I understand how they finished. You've lost four in a row to them, man. I mean, I don't know. Like, it ends there. It ends there. That convo ends there. You've lost four in a row. Losing one, that can be a one-off. Even losing two, you could write off as a bad run. But you lose four in a row? I mean, 
right now, they're the better team than you. That's it. Bottom line, that's it. You have to beat them to change that narrative. Anyways, we're talking a lot about Missouri here on the show. Justin Bryant said this is the strongest quarterback room since 2013. I think you could agree. I, I, I think there's a fair argument there. When you look at what they have with all the blue chip guys and you add in a Lenora Sellers and his potential, I, I listen, I think that's uh I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair for sure. Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Austin says, see Philly hot seat talks are heating up this morning after a rather slow start yesterday. I don't disagree, man. We were down at halftime to Furman. Can you imagine? I don't even want to bring it up. I was going to say in real life. I, there's no way, though. I, I don't I don't see that. Let's see. Let me get back into your questions here. We talked a lot about quarterbacks today. Um, Braddock843. I said it before. Spencer is Bitcoin. That's a great way. That's a great way to phrase it, man. Very volatile. High upside, very volatile. Braddock says, I'm actually curious to see how Satterfield does in Nebraska. You know, Braddock, I'll say this, and I'm sure you guys saw it on Sunday. You know, I, I posed the, let's hear your honest opinion on Marcus Satterfield. I was very surprised. There are a number of people out there who think Marcus Satterfield had a lot to do with the end-of-season success and that maybe he wasn't all that bad that he's made out to be. Because you you have the majority that say, this guy's terrible, he's a pariah, he's going to suck at Nebraska. There were some Gamecock fans I saw in the comments saying, eh, it just didn't work out, but he's not a bad OC. I, I was very, that surprised me a little bit. <laughs> that surprised me a little bit. Hunter Kelly says that Sellers will be QB2. Coach Ford says, Sellers needs all the reps he can get. He can. He is clearly QB2. Also says, and Coach 4, by the way, it's great to see you. Sellers goes into 2024 as QB1, but he has a proving ground spring and fall against Bailey and Reno. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Coach 4, this is all about Rattler and Sellers. Bailey will either beat out Sellers in practice or he, he will have to wait until next year. Braddock843 says Lenoris is a baller. Hunter Kelly, we've seen enough of Doty. We need Sellers as QB2. A damn beast. What's up, man? What's going on? Appreciate you tuning in. My guy, a damn beast in the building. Jeff Gullich says, when it comes to the next great quarterback, I'm a wait and see guy. Been burnt in thinking we have our guy too many times before they have to prove it to me. Jeff, I mean, listen, that's fair. I mean, that's fair, man. I mean, for a while, it was the joke of all the quarterbacks down the list of, you know, Halinski. Colin Hill, Jake Bentley, Brandon McElwain, Perry Orth, you know, Connor Mitch. The list goes on and on and on. Coach Ford, based on spring game, Sellers is QB2, and he needs any live reps we can in 2024, not just mop up against Furman. It's Rattler against Sellers. Bailey and Reno can duke it out in the spring and fall of 24. Doty needs to move to wide receiver, he says. What do y'all think? What do y'all think? Luke Doty to receiver? I think you're set enough, Coach Ford, that you don't need him out there. But, I mean, listen, I, I what was my take after the spring game again? I stick by it, too, that I, 
I don't think Luke Doty will ever start a game for the University of South Carolina at quarterback ever again. I, I, I don't, in the sense of, I mean, you know, hopefully he doesn't this year because if he does, something horribly wrong, something's gone horribly wrong. I don't think Luke Doty will ever be the guy under center for South Carolina ever again. I, I think his time as being a starting quarterback is over, and, you know, it's unfortunate, and it is what it is. But, um, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's another side, guys of NIL that maybe we haven't discussed. How much of an impact do you think NIL has on keeping guys at a school like South Carolina, where it's like they could go to a smaller school and start and play, but the getting's probably pretty good at South Carolina when it comes to NIL. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from? Will from Darty Marnell. Will, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Good, man. Just uh, wanted to call and give a quick uh, opinion on this whole Missouri thing y'all are talking about. Uh, <laughs> one, I think it rubbed everybody a little bit the wrong way whenever that guy said basically nobody's worried about our offense. Uh, I would find that hard to believe considering we put up 60-plus points against Tennessee. I can't remember the last time Missouri has scored that many against the SEC school. Secondly, I will agree in this sense that I think Missouri's been in the SEC since, what was it, 2011? 12. Was there any year? 11, 12. Okay. Did they go to the SEC championship game twice? Twice. Yes, twice. Mm. Twice. So they've been more times than we have in 30 years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's hard to say that they are not a little bit – when who was an awesome that said that they're not as much of a top-end program or whatever, they've really kind of gone farther than we have. In that sense, now I do think we have the the facilities and the and the resources to be a much better program than them. But currently standing, it's really hard to say that. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, I mean, no. Listen, Will, I Will, I I think everything you're saying is very fair and valid, and I think it's uncomfortable conversations that Gamecock fans don't want to have because, as I mentioned at SEC Media Days when I talked with you know cousin Shane and Mike on that SEC podcast about the Missouri game. And I told him, you know, and I believe this still, South Carolina fans look at Mizzou as beneath South Carolina. They look at Mizzou as beneath South Carolina. They look at Kentucky as beneath South Carolina. And my friend, I hate to tell you, but that's just not the case anymore. Like, you got, if you put it into tiers, you've got Georgia, Bama, and LSU right now all at the top. In the next tier... You've got teams like South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, you know, Tennessee's in there. These middle-of-the-pack SEC teams. There are so many middle-of-the-pack SEC teams. That's what makes the conference so great and the parity is that there are so many teams in this conference that things go wrong, you know, ball bounces the wrong way a couple times. They could go five and seven or six and six. Ball bounces the right way a couple times. They could go nine and three. South Carolina's in that yeah. category. But I, I hate to tell everybody this. South Carolina is not a step or two above Kentucky. They're not a step or two above Mizzou. At one point, maybe. But you have to give mm-hmm. those programs credit over the last 10, 15 years, the way they've built their programs. What Mark Stoops has done in his time. What Missouri has done since they've joined the SEC. You just can't sit here and say that South Carolina is – is, you know, do they have nicer stadiums? Do they have nicer facilities? Are there things about South Carolina that are nicer? Sure. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to have a Kentucky guy on later in this week. He's going to echo the same thing. He's going to echo the same thing the Mizzou guy did. So I think Gamecock fans do have to realize that while it hurts to hear that Mizzou is South Carolina, South Carolina is Mizzou, you know, listen, do I agree to the extent that they're exactly the same? No, I don't. But they're all middle-of-the-pack teams, and they all play 50-50 games against each other. That's where South Carolina is right now. Until they get to a point where they're winning nine, ten games a year, that statement is true. Yeah, and I and I feel like South Carolina fans, you know, me growing up, we beat Kentucky a lot. You know, up until what was it, oh nine? I don't remember what the, the year was, but we had a streak going against them, like fourteen or fifteen or something. I think in a row, like mm-hmm. we beat them like every right. year, like death taxes, and we're beating Kentucky. And that changed. I mean, when Stoops came, that changed. And, you know, you got to give your just due. You can't live in the past. In Missouri, I think that we're better set up to be a better program by far. But right now, we're not that much different. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I love the Gamecocks, but I'm a realist. I, I say it like it is. I feel mm-hmm. like we got more talent than this year, and we should win that game. But they have our number right now. And until we change that, that's the case. And I, and I, think, and, you know, and I think, Will, what people need to recognize, too, we're not crapping on South Carolina saying all this. You have to nah. recognize the fact, like, Kentucky has invested a lot more in football. Missouri, they invest a lot in football. Like, the competition and the money and everything, like, everybody has stepped up their game. Everybody has. You know what I mean? So, it's not a sense where South Carolina's falling off a cliff, but these other teams, these other programs, they're, I mean, it's it's you can go back to the baseball side, right? Like, it's a lot harder to win a national championship now than it was back when Carolina went back-to-back because so many more teams care about baseball. They're investing in baseball. I mean, the same goes to football. Like, Kentucky cares about football now. They didn't 10 years ago, 15 years ago. They didn't, right? Yeah. And is South Carolina yeah. ceiling higher than a Kentucky or Mizzou? Sure. I, I don't think that's unfair to say. I, I really don't because you've had a Steve Spurrier who showed it was possible. But, I mean, dude, Kentucky's won 10 games also. You know what I mean? And yep. like and like right now, listen, winning the SEC East, it's as much a pipe dream for South Carolina as it is Kentucky, as it is for Mizzou, because Georgia ain't going anywhere. Now, that's the debate, right? Ooh, I- that's, that's the debate when you talk about, all right, forget Georgia. Which team in the SEC East is most well-equipped to challenge Georgia for the SEC East title? Now, that's a conversation. I think right now. It's Tennessee right now. I don't think that's even an Well, and the reason I think, and I'll say this, to be fair, I think the reason folks are going to say Tennessee, there's two reasons that I think of at the top of my head. Number one, Josh Heupel, his history as an offensive play caller. And, guys, when you score the way they do, you have a chance in every game. You're not Nobody's winning games 24 to 20 anymore. You're not scoring 40 a game. You don't have a chance. Until proven otherwise, they have shown – they're going to be a high-flying, fun offense. It's quarterback-friendly. Their quarterback's going to put up huge numbers. They are – and also, too, so that's number one, right? The offensive identity, their brand as a program and what Josh Heupel's doing there. There's a lot of belief in Josh Heupel and him as a coach. Right. Recruiting also. They're recruiting well. But the other reason I was going to say is that, like it or not, history matters. Tennessee gets the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt because they've won a national championship. You still think, when you think Tennessee football, I know recently, the last 20 years, ain't been worth a damn. But, like, when I think of and you think of Tennessee football, you think of a big-time football program. They're one of the winningest programs in college 
football. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. history and tradition mean everything because the past is the past. It's things that have happened, not will happen. But that does matter. Like the infrastructure, it's proven. It's in place to win a national title there. They've done it before. So, like, when you ask who's most well set up to do this, I mean, if you say South Carolina, that's fine. But you're banking on South Carolina doing something they've never done before. That's winning the SEC championship. You know, they've gotten to Atlanta one whole time in 31 years. They've gotten there one whole time. Tennessee's been a big-time program before. They've they've been a big-time program. So, again, I'm not sitting here telling you it's impossible and that it can't happen. But if you're having that conversation, we got to be fair on all sides. Hey, Josh Heupel could turn around and go 6-6 and this year and be a bum. He he very well could. That could happen. Tennessee stunk. I don't see that They stunk for quite a while. They stunk, I mean. So, South Carolina could, could be that team. That's why this year is so important. Carolina goes out there and goes nine and three minutes. They beat Tennessee again. The Gamecocks are that team. They are. And Shane Beamer should be a top five head coach in the SEC. He should be up for coach of the year in the SEC. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Very well could happen, but again, I know we just went on a long rant there and a long tangent, but it's just bottom line bringing it back to that South Carolina can very well be above these programs, as Gamecock fans think, but it's you make yourself look foolish when you talk about a, like, a program like Mizzou and to say South Carolina is miles ahead of them and you can't beat them on the field. I mean, I, I just, you know, South Carolina needs to beat Kentucky again, man, because guess what? If they don't, it goes back to, well, you know, you bring back up, well, they've won eight of ten in the last decade. Nobody wants that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it's – it's th- those swing games are very yeah. pivotal, very important. For that reason, you know, I talk about SEC East and SEC hierarchy. That's why those games are important. Yeah, one one more closing thought on my behalf. Uh, Tennessee, I saw a stat. I mean, Tennessee was god-awful basically from like 2011 besides a couple of years till like 2021. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't very good. They still have, like, the third highest winning percentage in college football history. Yeah. Even with that, that 
bad, you know, 10 year stretch. Yeah. And, and another thing is, is that it, my personal ranking is I think right now, currently standing, Georgia's one. I think Tennessee's two. And I think it's us and Kentucky are like one and one A for that third spot. You know, like it was, you know, I'm a little surprised they picked us in, in, in SEC Media Day to be third. Mm. I can see why they did and I can see why they wouldn't. But I think that me and us in Kentucky right now, we're kind of, we're neck and neck. Mm. As far as programs, I do think we're a tick ahead of Missouri, even though they beat us. We're a tick ahead, but not far. You know, and that that's my personal opinion. I'll hang up and listen, brother. Will, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. Great stuff, Will, from Dirty Mother. And I'll say this to follow up on Will's point. I picked South Carolina to finish third in the SEC East. But to his point, it is a – by a razor-thin margin because I've got Kentucky with a better final record than South Carolina. But I've got the Gamecocks, four and four in SEC play, seven and five, but beating Kentucky, Kentucky at eight and four, four and four in SEC play. So South Carolina effectively getting that tiebreaker. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I, listen, I, I think, um, I think Kentucky's got a really good football team this year. I, I, I love them bringing back Liam Cohen as the Rossi. I love Darren Lee at quarterback. If he's healthy, they picked up two fantastic running backs in the portal. They've got the best group of receivers they've ever had under Mark Stoops. If they figure out the offensive line, I mean, that offense is going to be really, really good. And getting back to physicality, Stoops talked about it. Again, I know people don't want to hear about Kentucky on this show, but, you know, we talk SEC football, man. This fuels me. Um, it's a blast, man. It's truly a blast. So, uh, thank you so much for the calls, guys, the questions, the comments. We still have tons to get into here on this Tuesday. Let's see. Let's get back into these. Uh, Brendan M. and Dalton going absolutely crazy in the Big Cock Club Discord. You would expect nothing less, especially when the Tennessee chatter gets underway. Um, I can tell you this. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid that Tennessee is going to win 10 games. Guys, I have. it's well documented. I've picked Tennessee to go 9-3. and three. I think picking Tennessee to go 9-3 and three is very fair. So in my predictions, they take a step back. I think they lose to Alabama. Hell, I've got them getting upset by Mizzou. But I still think they're going to have one of the best offenses in the SEC. I still think they've got a lot of talent. The defense should be better. I don't think Joe Milton's going to be as good as Hendon Hooker, but I think he's going to be more than serviceable. And, guys, if he's not, they got a five-star waiting in the wings in Nico. So I don't have them as a 10-win team, 11. I don't think they get there, but I think it's very fair to expect Tennessee to win nine games this year. I I think it'd be a disappointing season for them if they did not hit that nine-win mark. So, uh, let's see. He says, read it, you coward. Read what? Read what? Tennessee equals Nebraska equals Colorado equals Georgia Tech. Okay. Dalton said, I'm willing to bet a lot of money Tennessee doesn't win 10 games this year. Again, I would also bet that money because I don't have them winning 10 games this year. Uh, let's see. Kentucky's going to be better than Tennessee. Poverty programs haven't won shit since the Reagan-Bush-Clinton years. Liam Cohen's going to go back to the NFL. They'll be back to six wins yearly at Kentucky. Kentucky capitalized on Tennessee and USC being down in the past decade. I mean, South Carolina was down in 15. Um, They were down in 15, 19, and 20. 20 being the COVID year. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I guess so. I guess so, Brendan. Hypo teams always take steps backward in year three once teams figure them out. Okay, well, we'll see if they, we'll see if they offense gets figured out. This is a big year for Hypo, no question. Big year for Tennessee, no question. Future of their program. 
Travi says, do you think Umi Azula makes an impact this year as a true freshman? I think so, yes. I think he's in the rotation. I don't think he's a day one starter. I think it's Strawn and gear off the edges to start, but I definitely, definitely think Umi Azulu will be a big-time impact player for South Carolina. No doubt. No doubt. Timmy Huckabee says, you stopped saying slapstick on Twitter. Why? Uh, Timmy, one of the reasons, because I just stopped engaging in, in banter in that manner on uh, on Twitter. Really, truly, that's why. Um, and because the other reason, Timmy, I would say this, and I knew this long ago, but it's something that I, I've learned. Here's what I'll say. This goes to thought process. This goes so far outside of sports and everything. When you put negative energy and emotion into something, you normally get a negative result. And when you put positive energy and emotion into something and worry about what you can control, and you know, it's 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 not a guarantee you'll get a positive result, but it's damn near a guarantee when you put negative energy, negative emotion, you're gonna get a negative result. And so going around calling people slap dicks on social media while it was lighthearted and funny and whatever. Dude, I've got bigger fish to fry and more important things to worry about. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't need to be spending all day, you know, and I'm not someone, listen, I, I love the banter. I'm open to the banter. But engaging with trolls and engaging with nonsense on Twitter especially, it just fuels that fire. It just fans those flames, and and I'm not here to do that, man. I, I, I rarely engage anymore on social media. Very rarely engage on Twitter and that is on purpose. That is on purpose for sure. So it's just, unfortunately, Twitter's a place, man, where, you know, when you've got some of the slap dickery going on, the only people who win, and this is really the answer, Timmy, the only people who really win when you swing down is the people you're swinging down at. You know, that, that's, that's, and I don't mean that as this person's below this person. What I mean by that is just simply like, you know, people who are trying to bring you down to their level and down to their misery and, and talk nonsense. And so I'm not going to go around calling people slapdicks. And listen, I respect everybody's opinion, respect their respect their vantage point. And so, yeah, I, I don't really make it much of a habit anymore, Timmy, to call people slapdicks on Twitter. And, and I'm happy with that. I mean, listen, it's it's some people are unfortunately not able to take a joke. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, um, yeah. So that's why. That's why. Um, let's see. Travi says, Coach Ford, excuse me, not, not Travi. Coach Ford says, JC's full of crap. Stars don't matter. Then list three four-star kids saying that make a great class. Stars are not everything, but when you are too deep with four- and five-star kids, you'll likely be good. Competition. I, I don't think JC, Coach Ford, was insinuating that stars don't matter. Um... Yeah, I, I don't think that he, he was in anyway. They don't matter at all. You know what I mean? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Coach Ford. <laughs> the back and forth with John Edward. Said, you were a sunshine pumper. Fact is, we cannot say stars don't matter. Then we then say we can't win because others are covered up with stars. Stars are not everything, but they absolutely matter. I mean, Coach Ford, that's 110% correct. I mean, it, it just is. Stars do matter. They do. They're not everything, but they do, man. They do. Bottom line, they do. And I mean, listen, I, I think stars, I think stars are more important than coaching. I, I really do. Having the Jimmy and Joes, guys, Hugh Freeze said it 
at SEC media days. Great players make a great play caller. Bottom line. And so, again, that's why I've said about Dowell Loggins with the OC thing. I think he's an upgrade over Marcus Satterfield. No doubt. No question. But if they can't figure out the offensive line, then play calls ain't going to matter all that much. If the, if the play is getting blown up in the backfield, if you don't have balance offensively and you can't find a running game, I don't give a damn who the OC is. Steve Spurrier's offense would struggle if they couldn't block and couldn't run the ball. So I think that's what folks are going to realize by season's end. I think South Carolina has real problems on the offensive front. I think they do. And, you know, not to continue to harp on it, but, you know, my my concern and just what really perplexes me, and I'd love to hear from you guys, what perplexes me, South Carolina has done a really, really, really good job in the transfer portal. They have. They've done a good job in the transfer portal picking up impact guys. They've done a good job picking up impact guys. But you look at the offensive line. And these guys might turn out to be really good players. But you look at guys you get from Charlotte, from Mercer, from Yale, from others, if you will. And again, they they might turn out to be really good players. But then, like, I look at Kentucky. And they picked up portal guys from Alabama, from Southern Cal. I look at some other schools. They're picking up these Power 5 SEC transfers, like, I'm just, I, I'm just wondering. Like O line was a position of need, and I'm. I, it surprises me. It surprises me. All I'm saying, it surprises me. Brennan M says Clayton White seemed to figure it out, especially in the second half. I, I mean, Brandon again. Sure, sure. Listen, I, I hope Carolina beats Tennessee by fifty. I, I really do. I really do. I hope they do. I mean, Tennessee did te- – they did still score 38 points. I don't know. Hey, you score 63 again, what does it matter? Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Peyton. Peyton, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Not much, partner. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic, my friend. How are you? And just a hot old day in South Carolina. Sweat my ass off at work. <laughs> But uh, game day, man! What a big announcement! That I mean, that I think that just that turned opening day up just a little mm-hmm. bit more. For Carolina, man, what what a big announcement! I, it's that's going to be that's really going to be something special if if we find a way to pull this off. It's, it's going to be great, man. What what are your thoughts about it? What's your initial reaction? Yeah, no, listen, like you mentioned, I mean, it definitely turns things up in regards to that game, the anticipation, the hype. I mean. You know, it's it's not that we needed this validation, but when you get college game day, it's like, this is a big game. There's no question this is a big game. Um, so, you know, it, it, I think it's awesome. You know, obviously, first off, from the fanfare and fans getting to go out there and support, make signs, wave flags, do that whole deal. Um, you know, putting the Gamecocks program um, in the spotlight because, hey, it's the first Saturday of the – of, it, for, of week one, I'll say this. We have week zero, obviously. That'll, that'll technically be the first Saturday of college football. But this is this is the real first Saturday of everybody getting going. So all eyes will be on college game day. So 
Shane Beamer, the Gamecocks, will have the opportunity to, to advertise their program and sell their program and continue to do so and build up the hype and anticipation. And, you know, it does put more pressure on the game because you want to go out there and you want to put on a show. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an awesome thing from the fan perspective, obviously, and, and fans getting to go to the event. And, you know, as someone that has been to college game day before, I would say I urge everyone to get out there because – it's a it's a really really fun time, man. So definitely urge folks to be out there, and um, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Again, like you mentioned, it's put, it just puts even more hype and anticipation on the matchup. It's gonna be it's gonna be so awesome, man. And and hopefully, you know, hopefully they can they can pack they can pack out um, pack it out. So, but you said that the tickets are pretty expensive, and I understand that, mm-hmm. but. Still, I, I really hope that – I would I, I would expect a packed house. I, I, I really would expect a packed house, my friend. I, I think with the hype, yeah. with, you know, a pair of future NFL quarterbacks, and I, I would expect yeah. a hell of an environment. Yeah, I, I would I would expect the same thing. But, you know, I think if, if we can come out and, and make a statement and have, have a sort of a statement home setter for the season, I think um, – you know, Beamer talked about last year at the end of the season, you know, recruiting was already going well, and then you win those two games at the end of the season and it just takes it to another level. I think if we come out and make a statement and pick up another sort of signature win uh, under Beamer, I think that can take it to a, another level after that. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so. no, listen, for sure. I mean, you, you talk about a program in South Carolina that's looking to, for the third straight season, under Shane Beamer, overachieve yet again. Winning that North Carolina right. game will will be huge. Uh, winning that North Carolina game will be huge. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, just building positive momentum. And, and I'll say this: I'll say this. Nobody wants to hear this. Even if you, even if you lose, the season's not lost. We saw last year: South Carolina lost to Arkansas week two, Georgia week three, started one and two. The season was salvaged. Carolina right. heated up, but I mean, there's no getting around it. That it is a massive swing game in this season. Yeah. Um, what is what's what's the spread currently on that game? Do you have it? I believe it's one and a half UNC. I'd have to check again, but I believe it's one and a half UNC is the favorite, which is surprising to me as well. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a little surprising, but at least it's fair. At least it's not something something outlandish like four and a half or five, something mm-hmm. something outlandish. But I think. Um, I think I think it's going to be a, a hell of a game, man. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to find out a lot about both teams and just just how well the offseason went for both teams. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think we're going to figure that out on or very very early on. So. Yeah, can't can't wait think, to break um, it down, Peyton. It's it's I, I was just going to say can't wait to break it down, man. It's it's two teams that I think are actually really similar to each other. Uh, both have big time quarterbacks. Uh, both have questions at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, both have new OCs. There's a lot of similarities with these two, so I think it's going to make one for one one hell of a game. That's right, and both teams had uh, had pretty solid finishes to to their regular seasons last year, and they, they had a lot of hype coming into this season. And hopefully, hopefully the the team in red will pull pull it out and and, and establish who the real Carolina is. So, Indeed. yeah, going to be a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, man, it's going to be great. Uh, Got to head on in back to work here, man. I appreciate it. Um, love getting on the platform. Love talking to you, bud. Uh, thanks for his up show. Go Cox, man.
Go Cox, Peyton. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for the call. Always great stuff from Peyton. Let me get to this. Jacob E. says, no reason to bother with him. Ford does, dude doesn't read comments at all. Jacob, I absolutely 110% do read comments. Callers are going to be first priority, though, Jacob E. I'm sure you can understand that, right? If you call in, I'm not going to be sitting there reading comments while you're on the phone line. So I'm getting to the comments, Jacob E. We're getting to them, no doubt. And I actually read Coach Ford's comment earlier. I read Coach Ford's comment earlier. Let's see. All right, let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Michael. Michael, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Chris. Uh, Michael and Kim Bella here, man. I love the show. Uh, first off, I just want to say uh, congrats on everything, man. Congrats on new studio, new store. You're all the hard work into the business, man. And uh, getting to go to SEC Media Day is great content and coverage. You certainly deserve it. Very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I don't get to call in much because of work, but I uh, just wanted to call and say congrats on everything, all the success the business is doing. Um, don't know if you talked about this. I agree with you. I think Dak is probably going to be uh, RB1 come the first game. Don't know if it makes an interesting storyline, but uh, how cool would it be? You know, he destroyed North Carolina in the Mayo Bowl <laughs> a couple years ago. What would it be like to have him come and dominate North Carolina again in week one? That would be an interesting storyline. Well, Michael, first things first, man, I appreciate the kind words, and thank you for calling in. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. But, uh, yeah, that would be – I'm sure they've got some very vivid memories of that, that Dukes-Mayo Bowl and what he did <laughs> to him last time. So, you know, you would think they'll, they'll, they'll be ready for him to slide to quarterback, right? I, I don't see how they could not think about that this go-around. But he will be at the running back position. And, uh, I mean, that, that would be really neat, man. And it'd be neat for the carry-on joiner after all he's done and given and sacrificed to the – the South kind of football program came in, wanting to play quarterback, didn't work out, stuck it out anyways, went to wide receiver, doesn't get a lot of action, doesn't complain, stuck it out anyways. Now he's at running back. And, Michael, to your point, I mean, I, I think he's RB1. Until I see otherwise, I don't know how it's going to play out the entire year. Is it going to be musical chairs at the running back position? Are they going to try to ride the hot hand? I have no idea. But I think going into week one, he's the guy. And, I mean, what a, what a storybook finish to his career it would be if the carry-on joiner could – I'm not even saying hit a thousand yards, man. If he could do six or seven hundred and make a real big time impact for this football team, I, I think that'd be incredible, man. It's so well deserved, and I think Gamecock Nation would would love nothing more. But you know, certainly in Week One, you have to think that after that Mayo Bowl, you know, and even when I talk to it, this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And North Carolina insider over there from Tar Heel Illustrated, he mentioned the carry-on joiner and the way that he diced them up. So I, I think definitely they're going to have their eye on DK in that ballgame. Yeah, definitely agree completely. And I also agree with your points on uh, Lenore. It's also seeing most approved this year. Uh, excited about the upside and hype and potential and building for the future. So, anyway, keep up the great work. Love listening, man. Take care. Michael, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for the call. Great stuff there from Michael. Awesome. Yeah, and again, I, I think the Kevrion Joiner, man, I think he's going to be a feature player for South Carolina. Absolutely. I, I, I think the Kevrion Joiner, no doubt, will be a feature player in this offense. 843 uh, Give us a call, text us, whatever you like. And I see Jacob E., my apologies. My apologies. 
Jacob E. was not referring to me. I was like, dang, I'm trying to get all the comments I can, man. Come on now. Uh, Andrew, the textbooks is apparently ESPN says two and a half now for UNC. Wow. By the way, guys, in case you missed it, gambling is going to be a much, much bigger part of our content this year. I'm I'm going to, you know, I, I've given SEC gambling picks, right, whatever, just – but it was literally as simple as me looking at the games, picking what I like, go. I'm not going to pick every single game again in regards to spread. I will say, though, there will be more SEC content in this football season than there has ever been before. There will be more SEC-wide content in regards to picks, analysis, commentary, even guests. Even guests. I'd like to get a guest on or – you know, we've already got a couple, but guys that want to talk the entire SEC and talk about the week that was, all that good stuff. Uh, so, going to be a lot of fun. Again, the content is going to be bleeding out of the eyeballs, as you all expect. I can't even keep up with the Coach Ford, John Edward, back and forth. I, I, I can't. I can't keep up with it. Austin Gregory, is South Carolina closer to Mizzou or Kentucky? I, I would definitely say Kentucky, Austin, because I think Mizzou is – I mean, their head coach is Jeff Fisher, bro. Like, Their head coach is on the hot seat, literally. So I'd say Kentucky because I think there's a chance that Mizzou finishes sixth in the SEC East this year. Uh, I think it's South Carolina and Kentucky fighting for that three spot right now. <clears throat> Let's see. Travi, does Landon Sampson make a name for himself this year? I hope so. Travi, I hope so. He was a big-time guy in recruiting. I uh I hope so. Apparently, per John Edward, he blocked Coach Ford. What is going on with the drama? Come on, y'all. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we? How about this article, by the way, coming over from, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it on Twitter. Actually, we'll get to that in a second. Let's jump back to the phone lines here. Call from Fiat. To accept, press one. I got a call from Fiat. Okay. Got a call from Fiat. This article here from Land Grant Holy Land, an Ohio State Buckeyes community. Making bold predictions. Media darlings that won't meet expectations. So teams they think will underachieve this year. They've actually got Clemson under 10 wins. Say their streak of double-digit wins ends at 12 seasons. They've got Tennessee. Under nine and a half wins. They've got them probably winning nine games, eight games, whatever. Under nine and a half. Then they list South Carolina. And this is where things get very interesting. Again, this is LandGrantHolyLand.com. And this is their take, their opinion. What does it mean? Apparently, this is the SB Nation site of Ohio State. They have this to say about the Gamecocks. Shane Beamer has become a media darling, and I bought in as well. When is enough enough, though? This guy beat a bad Clemson team by their standards, beat up on a Tennessee squad over its skis who lost its starting quarterback in the fourth quarter, and then ended the year on a disappointing note in their bowl game. I could just stop right there. Because already that first paragraph just, it's absurd to poke holes in those wins. Either way, we'll continue. Beamer has done a commendable job in getting South Carolina back to being a respectable program, but they are still a tier below where most people have them. There are two facts that remain certain about the South Carolina program. They still have Spencer Rattler playing quarterback, 
and they still lost to Tyler Buckner in the Gator Bowl. Either way, you guys get the rest. I'd much, much rather jump to the phone lines and talk to our guy here. Let's jump to it. Call from Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing on this Tuesday? I am doing fantastic. I appreciate you calling in, my friend. What's up? Um, I just wanted to say that this whole Mac Brown playing the underdog BS is insane, okay? Because you does he have any idea how dumb he sounds saying that he's that his team is the underdog whenever his team is favored to win by two and a half points? If I don't, my team was favored to win by if my team was favored to win by two and a half points, I would not be calling my team an underdog. I would not be doing that at all. I, Robbie, I you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he realizes they're favored to win the ball game. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. Well, somebody needs to tell him because he sounds really stupid saying that he's at his team as underdog. He must not understand. He must not know. Some, somebody needs to inform Mac Brown that they are indeed the favorites. Yeah, I, I don't know. Either way, man, it's uh, it's basically a pick 'em. You know, he's trying to get his team fired up, gamesmanship, whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, it is what it yeah. is. So. Yeah, and like you, like, like, and and I'm, and regardless of. Who our starting eleven is, even though we basically know who a, who our a majority of our starting eleven is going to be for the season opener. Okay, mm-hmm. Rattler at quarterback, Juice at wideout. I mean, the li- the list goes on and on. Okay, but just say for hypothetical reasons, what if? With Joiner at start, start starting at running back on September the second. What if he does better than what we all expected? Would you expect him to start week two against Furman? If DeCarrion Joiner does well in week one, will he start in week two? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, why would you take him out? So I, I think uh, you know. And again, I, I you know we're going to talk next week top storylines going into fall camp. I mean, the, the running back position is definitely one. I mean, listen, we're just guessing. I, I guess it's not a, a guarantee that Kevrion Joyner mm-hmm. is the starting running back. But I, I think unless I think unless Dontavious Braswell comes in and he's much, much like unless he, you know, he's ready to play as a four-star freshman, whatever, like I just don't know who else to yeah. go with. I, I really don't. And uh, you know, it's not the greatest position to be in where you say, well, we don't have anybody else, but you know, DeKevion Joyner, you know, what he provides to you as an mm-hmm. athlete. He's a veteran football player. So, I don't know if this is going to be a situation where they're trying to find RB1 for the season or if this is a, you know, they're going to try different guys and ride hot hands. But to answer your question, right. Robbie, yes. If DeKevion Joyner has a productive week one, I would expect he will start week two. And it's just going to be interesting to see what happens throughout the season because, I, do I expect the carry-on joiner to be our starting running back for all 12 games? No. 
Will I be happy for it to carry on if that were to happen? Yes. But do I expect it to happen? No. I don't care who the starting 11 are as long as we get the dub. I do not care. I don't, as, as I like to always say, I don't give a flying monkey fart, okay? You could freaking put a, put a, put, put a, dog back there and have him be running back. I don't care who who it is, okay? I don't care. At the end of the day, us as fans do not have control over who's the, who is in the starting 11, okay? The coaching staff has to do that. Beamer has to do that. And he's going to do what is best for this team. If, if having the carrying on joiner be the starting running back for the season opener is the best option, then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be like all right it's time to line up and see what he's made of because he's never played running back before but at the end of the day we're gonna have to just trust Beamer and let him do what he's getting paid to do and and, and put a winning product on the field. Let him cook, Robbie. Let him cook, as you love to say. Just let him exactly. Cook. Let him in the kitchen and get the heck out of the way. And if he asks for an ingredient, give him the ingredient and get the heck out of the way. I love it, man. Well, I'm sure he'll do that, man. It's so, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. For sure, for sure. And my brother's also doing a little better. It's great to hear, man. He's I'm glad to hear a little that. Better. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that, man. So, for sure. Hopefully within the next month or so, he can actually eat some solid food because I'm pretty sure using a blender to eat is a pain in the keister. But uh, he's, he's doing a little better. I'm glad to hear it, Robbie. <clears throat> so I'm going to – that's all I got. I'm going to go ahead and get off of here, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good. Robbie, you're the man. I appreciate you. Hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, and what a way to close out the show here on this Tuesday. Always love hearing from Robbie. Guys, we're going to go ahead and close it up again. Appreciate you all tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the bell icon so you get notifications when we drop new video content, when we go live. Uh, Also, of course, the simulations are exclusively on YouTube. We'll go live tonight, 7 o'clock, as we take on the Georgia Bulldogs, also make sure you head over to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe there. Rate the show as well. It helps out the show, and stay tuned to all the content. Content bleeding out the eyeballs. Guys, appreciate you all. Thank you all so much again for the love, the support. Appreciate each and every single one of you tuning in. Make sure, again, stay tuned to all the content. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.
much happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com